Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We have, I think, what you guys will come to believe to be one of our our best uh, mini-series of podcasts. I think the topic will last for three shows, and if you take really good notes throughout all these shows, I think it's going to make an enormous impact on your mindset about uh, building and maintaining wealth and then becoming rich. And I know that's a bold statement. I know I kind of just put set the bars about as high as it could be set. But the podcast that you guys are about to hear, and like I said, it's probably going to be two, maybe three other days, uh, is a culmination of our you know, years and years of experience on how to basically build wealth and then obviously make that wealth into the next level, which is becoming rich. And your definition of rich, so that all of you guys are working off the same definition as we are, is where your money work is working for you and you no longer have to work for your money. But this is going to be a – this is not a – we're going to start with some you know, mindset, philosophical stuff – but then we're going to get into the very practical of it. Um, and the reason we're doing this is because, as you guys know, Julie and I are working on a, uh, our new book called Harris Rules. And one of the things that when I was – and Julie and I were up-and-comers, and we still are, at least we consider ourselves up-and-comers. Uh, when we were working our way up over the past you know, two decades, I was always hoping and looking for constantly, as a lot of you guys are, a very clear, concise roadmap – um, to building wealth, real wealth, where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money, you know, being rich. And everywhere we looked, we found, you know, these types of suggest- people giving us suggestions and financial guru types, and I never liked their advice because most of their advice was written with the idea that you were going to essentially become rich when you were, like, essentially retired. After years and years and years and years, you'd have enough money coming in that you felt rich or some variation thereof. In other words, they had an agenda, and their agenda was basically get you to sell stock or get you to buy stocks and bonds, which is fine. There's a place for that, and we're going to talk about that. Um, but I and Julie wanted something sooner. We wanted to basically have passive cash flow um, from you know assets that produced enough income so that if we chose not to work anymore, we could. Now, I know this is a topic we haven't talked about on the podcast before, and this is a topic that I think for all of you who are really uh, ready to listen, you're going to learn just an absolute ton. Every single one of you got into real estate. If I were to ask you why you want to be in real estate, one of the reasons would be you want to have some version of the word freedom. Freedom comes from having financial independence, then again, that's about being rich where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. A lot of you guys are going to be relieved after you hear the next three podcasts because you're going to realize you actually have a shorter runway to getting to the point where you are rich um, than you think. And it just is a function of basically getting you to focus on um, understandable, uh, practical objectives. So uh, Julie's going to start out with giving recognition, as we always like to do, some of our listeners and some of our uh, coaching clients through a couple emails that she found that she wants to share with you guys, and then we're going to jump in. So here's what I want all of you to do while Julie is uh, giving recognition and appreciation to our listeners and our coaching clients. Everyone get a long sheet of paper or your typing fingers ready because we are going to blaze through uh, today's 
podcast so that we can get to the meat of it, which is the financial aspects of it. Which, and, and again, we're going to break this down. We're going to make this agent un, agent easily understood. If <laughs> I think we should think of a new term, I used to call it Tim Simple. Actually, some people that work for us call it Tim Simple. Tim Simple was basically broken down to its very basic elements, and that's what we're going to do on these podcasts. So, Julie, my dear, welcome to today's radio show, and I am looking forward to hearing what you have to share with our listeners. Yes. This is from one of our great premier students and longtime uh, podcast listeners, Cynthia Nina Soto, and she sells real estate in Massachusetts on the North Shore. So uh, she also is Spanish-speaking, so if you guys have any referrals going that way, she is your gal. All right, I love this story, so stay with me. This is right from our private Facebook page. It's been... I don't know, a few days ago, but I made note of it. So again, from Cynthia Nina Soto, she writes, it's cold and cloudy and it looks like rain. Today would be my third run this week, so I had to get it in. Laced up my shoes, drank some mushroom coffee, haven't heard of that, but that sounds interesting, and started walking. I hate running in the rain, so quickly I started jogging. Still, I felt cold and I really wasn't into it. I put on a recent Tim and Julie Harris podcast because I figured I would at least listen to something productive. Felt a little raindrop, which motivated me to move even faster, because, again, I hate running in the rain. Tired as hell, I convinced myself I could run to the stop sign and then to the tree and then to the fire hydrant. I have a rule that I must run across the street, so I ran across and then convinced myself I could run to the next tree, and then I ran to the new for sale sign in my neighborhood. Nope, it wasn't my sign, and I didn't even know that they wanted to sell. I finally hit the one-mile mark, and I'm upset that there's a new listing in my neighborhood, and it's not mine. Made a mental note to come door-knocking and to send out my newsletter. Tired as hell, I had to stop and remember to breathe. Felt another raindrop, and I was like, hell no, I'm not getting caught in this rain. So I ran to the gas station, then to the corner, then to the truck in front of the new restaurant or bar. I know it's too early to get a margarita, so I made a mental note to come back this evening with my hubby and have one and also write a blog post for this really cool-looking restaurant. It's Cinco de Mayo all over the margarita seems fitting. I finally see the hospital parking lot, which means that my house is around the corner. So again, I ran to the huge pothole, then the god-awful orange and blue house, and then (laughs) to the stop sign. When I finally made it to the corner, I forgot about the huge hill that's right before my house. But at this uh, point, let's see, sorry, font's too small for me. Okay, at this point, I'm so tired, I'm considering running to the next block just so I can avoid that big damn hill. My daughter sees me at the bottom of the hill, and she comes out to the driveway and yells, Mom, hurry up what are you waiting for i'm going to be late for school come on here's some water for you so i ran up i really needed that bottle of water but i made it i finished two miles in 29 minutes i ran as fast as a turtle running through mud but i didn't get soaked and i beat the rain because i hate running in the rain and the podcast ends with julie harris saying the key is to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it and to do it at the highest level it put a smile on my face because i finally understood what she was trying to tell me all along long story short print your script dial that number and read you are as ready as you're going to be. Stop letting your ego dictate what you can or can't do. So thank you for that, Cynthia Nina Soto. I think uh, you had many light bulbs go off. And one of the things that I liked about her story, Tim, is how when she's running, and I am not a big fan of running myself, much less in the rain, so maybe I'm zeroing in on this, but I love how she doesn't look at it as this big, long run. She's going from a pothole to the ugly house on the corner to the stop sign to the restaurant to the big hill. She's doing it incrementally. She's taking it in bite-sized pieces, and I think that's important to do in your real estate practice as well, especially when you're learning new skills, 
you're implementing new scripts, you know, you're working it. You don't have to be perfect at it immediately. In fact, I think that that's kind of an expression of ego that you would even want to or assume that you could be perfect or that anybody's perfect at it immediately. So I really oh, appreciate it for running me. in the rain story. Yeah. It reminds me of those Navy SEAL books, right? I mean, that's exactly – by the way, <laughs> yes. she's a good writer. That was that story I was so I was right along with I, I I saw that ugly house in my head I saw the margaritas <laughs> at the bar I mean I saw yeah, the whole too. damn thing that was a good story so uh, there's Julie that wasn't I mean it was uh, you and I are in coaching mode obviously we're on our podcast but that is very powerful in that it, it's a good in, uh, good way to represent the incredible influence and the power of a good story when you guys are selling learn to tell them stories that's as she is doing right there you were right along with her on that run feeling the raindrops you know thinking the same thoughts that she was incredibly well done incredibly well written gina i know you're listening make sure that makes it off the facebook page our private members only facebook page and please put that on the main website so yes, and definitely look at your life, look at the ascension, looking at doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level in small little steps. And I remember, I forget what seal book it was. Um, by the way, Chris Kyle's wife is going to be on the podcast on uh, June 8th, I believe. So, um, and you guys know him from uh, American Sniper, very, very famous Navy SEAL. So uh, yes, it's all about thinking about the next step, not necessarily worried about where you're going, but just thinking about those tiny little milestones. And the SEALs talk about that all the time how that's how they get through buds. <laughs> that's how they get through a lot of the hellish things that they have to do is they don't, they, they don't think too far down the road. They just think what's next. And that's the power of a schedule, guys. That's the power of basically um, you know, having the three to five minimum standards you're going to do every single day. That's the power of acting, you know, focusing on those tiny little micro steps and making sure you're doing every one of them completely. It's the doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. When you guys get into that vibe, and you start living that way, even though it uh, takes more, I'm not going to say work, but it does, definitely takes more focus and concentration. But when, that, when you start getting it and you start seeing the benefits of it, it reinforces. One thing reinforces the other, reinforces the other, reinforces the other. And the next thing you know, your life is going in a completely different trajectory. She gets it. Cynthia gets it. A lot of you guys are getting it as well. There are no easy buttons. There are no you know, silver bullets. There are no secret ways to up the side of the mountain. It's work. That's what it is. And a lot of the work sucks. Why lie to you about it? But you still have to do it, and you have to do it at the highest level. That's called life. So stop fighting that, embrace it, become the best at it. You know, Julie and I were having this fun conversation, and Julie, I don't want to go off on this path, but we were talking the other day, Julie and I were talking the other day, that you guys actually put more work in and spend more time and have more stress because you know you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it at the high, highest level. You know you're wasting time. You know you're not getting enough done. You know you're leaving voicemails and emails unanswered. You know you're not doing your lead follow-up. You know you're doing the wrong thing during the, throughout the day that's resulting in no results, right? That's what gives you stress. That's what burns you out. That's what makes you hate the business. It's not the stuff that you're supposed to be doing. So if you guys were just just decide to go cold turkey, on all this distraction bullshit that so many of you guys waste your time on, the branding and all the rest of it. There's a place for that. But for most of you, that place might never actually show up on your doorstep. Meaning, if you want to have the brand of being a successful agent, be a successful agent. Stop trying to spend money acting like you are. There's a big mindset shift for a lot of you. You can't fake your way into being successful. Consumers know it. They all know who's successful in their marketplace by their for sale signs. You can't brand your way into you know fooling the market into – thinking that you're a top producer. It'll never work. 
So the bottom line, guys, is when you're willing to do what you're when you don't want to do, when you don't want to do it at the highest level, and you do that every single day, no matter how you feel, no matter what the weather is, no matter whether you want to go running or not, and you do that, it doesn't take years to see the benefits of it. Sometimes it just takes months. And uh, the longer you delay that, the longer you put that off, that essentially that lifestyle, the, the less chance you are of ever achieving your goals and having the the life you guys, you know, you guys deserve that. You deserve all the dreams that you have being fulfilled. You deserve having financial freedom, and you deserve being rich. And that's what we're going to be focusing on on today's podcast. So, Julie, without any further delay, most of you – here here we go. The first part is the mindset part, and we're going to go through this relatively quick. Most of you are experiencing more success than you ever have before in your careers. And uh, I know you guys are having – many of you guys are having great years. But what you believe and what actions you take based on those beliefs will determine if your present situation maintains, grows, or disappears. And what we mean specifically by that is that a lot of people have the philosophy, have the mindset that success is, it comes, and, comes and goes, that you can have a good month and a bad month. You have a good year and a bad year. You might have a good you know, five-year run than a bad five-year run. And if you actually talk with folks that are successful, you'll generally find that they don't have uh, bad years, good years, bad months, good months. They have uh, every single year, every single month is progressively getting better in ways that they have decided and have planned and are taking actions on, and that's how they benchmark themselves, and they hold themselves accountable to that. So your mindset matters. You'll be confronted with your beliefs about money and success, how to reinforce the positive, remove the negative thinking that may be keeping you from uh, living the life of your dreams. So I'm going to go through a series of questions, and I want you guys to write these questions down. I'm going to go through them relatively quick because, like I said, I want to get to the applicable part where you guys can start building wealth. But it does matter that we start with the mindset about wealth because that's really where a lot of you guys are getting stuck and you just don't know it. So I wrote these questions down, and I want you to ask these questions for yourself. Remember the podcast, you can listen to it and replay. So if I go through these relatively quick and you want to go back and listen again, don't worry about it, you can. So what are your number one, or letter A, what are your beliefs about money and having wealth about being rich? Just what are your beliefs about that? Just write those things down. You know, it doesn't have to be elaborate. Write it down. B, do you believe that rich people are in any way evil? Do you believe that rich people are evil? C, do you believe that in order to have something money, you must take it from someone else? So in other words, for you to have a new car, does that mean someone else can't have one? For you to be rich, does that mean that you're taking it away from somebody else? Is that what your belief is? And if, I want you guys to – it's easy to say, no, that's not my belief. But having been a coach for two decades, I can pretty much guarantee you that 90% of you – that is your belief. You actually believe there's only so much to go around. You actually believe that someone's success is at, the, is at the cost of somebody else. In other words, for somebody to be rich, it means they had to take it from somebody else. You need to confront those beliefs. You need to at least admit that you might have some lingering thoughts that are like that. The next thing I wrote down, do you believe that if someone else has uh, money and success, a listing, for example, that means less for you? I just touched on that. In other words, do you believe there's only so much to grow around? That's a scarcity mindset. Letter E, do you believe that in order to be rich, you must sacrifice your health, your relationships, your spirituality, your overall well-being? Do you believe that the only way for you to be rich is for other aspects of your life to suck? Do you believe that? Right? I mean, how often have you heard or maybe you have said to somebody who is successful and you basically tried to lay a guilt trip on them. Maybe you even you just came out of your mouth. You can't even believe you said it in retrospect. Oh, my God, they must be really not spending any time with their kids. 
or my God, you got to stop and smell the roses or some version of that. Have you heard it? Have you said it? Do you believe it? Do you believe that in order for you to be rich, you must sacrifice your health, relationships, your spirituality, and your overall well-being? Is that what your belief is? Well, I mean, think about that. Think about the ramifications. If that's your belief, I'll just touch on that one for a second. If that's your belief, then that's your excuse for not ever becoming rich. Because in your mind, your belief is, your mindset is, in order for you to be rich, you have to be fat, unloved, and you know all the other bad things that you... Out of balance, right. So that's what you might believe, and as a result of that, you will never obtain any sort of financial security because that is your built-in excuse. Interesting, isn't it, guys? Next thing I write down is, do you believe it's normal to have cash spurts or cash flow? Do you, do you believe it's normal to go from a good month to a bad month, a good year to a bad year? I've had people tell me that, honestly, my whole life. I've had people say, oh, well, you guys are doing really well, but you know – and I always thought to myself, well, no, I don't know. <laughs> and, I mean, what I did to get where we are now or what you guys will do to get to where you are now, if you keep on doing that or a version of that so you're basically staying current with the market, doesn't it make sense you'll continue to be successful? Well, it does. Stop doing the things that it took for you to be successful. If Cynthia stops running, for example, she probably won't be as good at health as she would have otherwise been. Makes sense? Doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, guys. Even out, evens out the cash flow versus cash spurts. Next thing I wrote down, letter G for those of you who are keeping track. Do you believe that great times must be followed by hard times? I know these overlap, but still worth grinding on a little bit. Do you believe that great times must be followed by hard times? Is that your belief? The dark must follow the light. Are you one of these people that actually believes that? Are you one of these people that actually believes that your life can't be about ascension, can't be about going to the next level when you choose to? Are you, the, are you one of those folks that believe there's only so much love, so much happiness, so much you know, wealth, so much everything that you are entitled to have? Is there somebody that's keeping track? Oh, my gosh, you know, Bob, he's got the exact amount of love that he's allowed to have in his life. He's not going to have any more. Do you believe that? Ask yourself that. Next thing I wrote down, and we're almost through these, okay? Do you believe that money makes life easier or, and better in all ways, or do you believe it's a burden? That's a fun question. I love that one. Do you guys believe that money makes your life better in all ways, or do you believe that money becomes a burden? Uh, you know, it's how often have we heard societally, oh, I know that, you know, so-and-so earned a crap ton of money. Imagine the taxes they had to pay. Yeah, that's an iteration <laughs> of that, that for sure. Guy. Think about the insanity of that. Oh, yeah, they have, you know, 50 rental properties. Imagine the overhead and the work, right? If you guys are the ones that are saying that, that's your essential your, that's your ticket to not ever pursue being rich. You're laying the groundwork or reinforcing the idea that you'll never get rich. That's maybe one of the reasons why you're not. Or one of the reasons why maybe you've gone from having some financial abundance to losing it all is because it's rooted back in these limiting beliefs that you have about wealth, about being rich. Next point I wrote down is do you believe <laughs> do you believe that Mo money equals mo problems. And, Julie, you edited it. You made it more. I was quoting it from a rap song. You just aren't okay. hip with the well, time, sister. You lost me. That's the reason I wrote down M-O. You made it M-O-R-E. But do you believe that more money equals more problems? Again, overlapping, but you guys get the same idea. Do you believe that? Is that societally – is that part of the world that – you know, the air that you breathe, that the belief is that, oh, my gosh, you know, they have millions and millions of dollars. Imagine the problems they must have. Or a version of you know what we touched on earlier. Do you believe that 
uh, there's not a direct correlation to having more money and being happier. Because guess what, guys? In every study that's ever been done, there is a direct correlation between more money and happiness. Oddly now, enough. there is a tipping now, oddly enough, right? There is a tipping point where basically you have enough money, you have enough wealth that it doesn't. There's the, there's diminishing returns for added wealth. Um, but look, it's the number's so big that you will, you know, it's not a thing for you to even fear. So yes, you'll have, uh, generally speaking, rich people, people with uh, a financial abundance that have consistent financial abundance. Yes, of course they're happier. Of course they're he- healthier. Of course all those things are true. A lot of the beliefs that you have, those are what aren't true. Next thing I wrote down, and we're almost through this. Do you believe that in order to have money and build wealth, you must sell your soul? Oh, Lord, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, I only can give you so many examples of this, guys. You guys know this is what a lot of people believe nowadays. They believe, actually, that in order for you to be rich, that somehow you are some kind of scourge of the, uh, of the universe. They believe that somehow that rich people are evil. You guys, I know you know what I'm talking about. This isn't all over the country. It isn't with all, you know, parts of our society that have these sort of destructive financial beliefs, but it's definitely prevalent. You guys have all experienced this. And the last thing I wrote down is when I say the word accountability, what is the first thought that pops into your head? When I say the word accountability, what's the first thought that pops into your head? So, guys, hopefully you've written down answers, your honest answers. You've worked through these in your head. And hopefully you're having some thoughts circulate. Hopefully I've helped to root out some of your limiting beliefs about the mindset you have about obtaining wealth. And I'm here to tell you, full confessional, even though there's 100,000 of you guys listening, I don't mind telling you all this. I had a lot of these limiting beliefs myself, and so did Julie. And I didn't even realize that how powerfully, in a negative way, these limiting beliefs were. I had researched personally. I had gone uh, – I read books. I talked with different people, and I struggled for a long, long time you know, with the idea of building wealth. I was not raised rich. Neither was Julie. We are not certainly, and we are in a in a way we are raised to believe that you know a lot of these beliefs that we just asked you to challenge yourself with, those are the beliefs that were instilled in us from the way we were brought up, right? Rich people somehow took it from other people, all these types of things. Those are the beliefs that we had that we had to get rid of. And I'll tell you what the epiphany was for me, and then we're going to get to our plan. We're going to touch on the plan starting today, and then obviously more tomorrow. The, the real breakthrough for me realizing that the accumulation of rich uh, accumulation of money and assets wasn't just an option it was my imperative it was because I realized that it was a direct reflection of the number of people that I'm helping right so if I don't have financial abundance if I don't have what I want in life if I don't have everything that Julie and our family needs to feel incredible financial security it's because I'm just simply as a man as a husband as a father I'm not I'm not helping enough people. That's it. There's a direct relationship between the number of people you help accomplish their goals and the amount that you accomplish in your life. That's the formula. And when I realized that, it cut through all the rest of the bullshit. Because <laughs> I realized I was just – if I help more people accomplish their goals, if I help more people live their rich uh, – you know, their highest and fullest intention, rich, wonderful, all that on this planet, make the most of their lives, if I fulfill that, help other people fulfill that destiny for themselves, then, then just by the law of reciprocity or the law of how the world works, then I'll accomplish mine. And that's exactly what happened. In real estate, that involved basically selling more houses. It involved helping more sellers maximize their returns, buyers accomplish their dreams. It helped, you know, all those types of things. And if you have that mindset 
If you don't have the car you want, the lifestyle you want, the house you want, the financial security you want, if you don't have everything you want, it's simply for the fact that you have not yet helped enough people accomplish their goals. So what's on the other side of that thought? It was the last thing I wrote down, total accountability. Because if you've then realized that basically what you don't have and what you feel like you're lacking isn't being done to you, you're doing it to yourself, then you have to start being accountable to that. Then you start writing down or at least thinking about, well, why is it that I didn't take that listing? Why is it that you know, I'm not where I want to be? And then you have to start, yeah, again, improving your skills. You have to start getting better at your job. You have to become the best version of yourself. You have to start living by the credo of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. You get it? So on the other side of, of internalizing and accepting the fact that you're not rich because of you – when you take 100% ownership of that, the other side of that is massive amounts of account- accountability, but it's also freedom because then you have a very clear path on how you can go about uh, reaching your own financial goals. So, Julie, we're going to have to round the bend. Do you have any closing thoughts on today's show, and, and we'll pick up where we left off today tomorrow? Well, I think that what you just said is pretty critical, that once you convert your thinking over to who you're here to help and how you can best help them, that is such a great prevailing thought because it touches everything. When you're starting to feel, oh, you know, I, I don't feel like doing something. Well, you're telling me you don't feel like helping somebody that needs your help? You can correct action that way. When you know that on your work days and really in life in general, you're there to be of service and your prevailing thought is helping people, then when somebody criticizes you with your success, you know, oh, you must be out of balance, you're not having dinner with your kids or this or that, and yet you know that you've been of service all day and that you're being paid as a result of providing great service, then those little snipey comments that you'll inevitably get, almost always from other agents, but sometimes from your friends or family, they're not even going to touch you. It'll bounce right off of you because you know you're doing the right thing for yourself, your family, certainly your clients. You know, I think if there's an action step, it's to convert that mindset into being of service. You know, it's the difference between when people look at, you know, maybe somebody that owns a lot of property and is a landlord for many people, and they say, oh, well, they're just a scummy landlord. They must be taking advantage of people, versus saying, look at how many different ways that person is helping house families and provide a safe great environment assuming they take care of their property of course right but there's two very distinct mindsets and you see that sometimes you know i remember when we're the first people to use something as simple as the 800 number oh it must be illegal why because it was working (laughs) you know because it was effective because we're reaching more people so we could help more people oh it must be illegal but as long as you know that you're doing the right thing and that you're being of service none of that should bother you and I, I find that when I see true. coaching clients figure that out, they're they're happier, they're less stressed, you know. But yeah, go ahead. but well, I mean, the the exact formula for becoming rich, we're going to give to them tomorrow, right? We're going to tell them how to essentially create the actual meat and potatoes of building financial wealth. We're going to lay all that out for you guys. Just write it all down. It's a simplistic, direct work for us. Work for all the other folks we've shared it with over the past couple of decades. And it worked from the people who taught us this formula, okay? So that's coming tomorrow and the next day. But I really want to leave you guys with what Julius has said because it's really critical. That if you do not have the abundance in your life, if you do not have the financial security, if you do not have the car, the house, the wealth, the health, everything that you want in life, it's your fault. Again, accountability. Because you have not yet accepted the fact that your highest and best use and purpose on this planet is being of service to others. And if you don't like the quality of your life in any aspect, it's simply for the fact that you are still wrestling with the fact that you have to be of service 
the, the highest, you know, not just service like I'm here to help you, but you have to have the skill set to be able to actually truly help them solve their problem, but then have the ability to help not just one or two people, but help thousands of people. Or in real estate, obviously dozens will sometimes do it, and you'll have a fantastic business. That's the mindset. So if you, have the, if you lose the limiting beliefs or at least question them and realize that maybe some of the thoughts you've had about becoming rich or what the very things are that have been holding you back, and then realize that it, the more people I help accomplish their goals at a high level, the more goals of my own I'm going to accomplish, there's the formula right there. If you replace all those limiting beliefs with that, which is, by the way, very it's, the, it's true – if you replace all those beliefs about money, rich people, all these societal things, political things, just toss all that shit out the window and then just focus on the fact that you know that the more folks you help accomplish their goals at a high level, that FISBO that you're about to drive by, go knock on his door. He needs help. The centers of influence and past clients person that found themselves in a difficult real estate transaction, they need your help. You know, the, the expired that basically is confused, overwhelmed, and you're refusing to call because in your mind some moron agent told you that all expireds are basically passed over inventory, they need your help. The Liz pens, the notice of defaults, they need your help. You guys get the point? But some of you guys just refuse to learn the skills. And then you're pissed off when somebody else gets the listing and makes money. And yet you're, you, you don't want to knock on that for sale by owner door. You don't want to help that person solve their problem because you in your head are fearful that somehow they're going to say something to you that's going to make you feel uncomfortable. You have fear of rejection. Well, whereas if you had ultimate accountability to that, if you knew your job was to help every single person solve their real estate problem, that means you're going to have to learn how to work with expireds. You're going to have to learn how to work with all people in all different situations. That's what gives you guys freedom. That's what gives you power. That's what makes it so that every single dream and goal you ever put in your mind you're going to accomplish because you have finally cracked the code. You know the formula. So, guys, tune in tomorrow and the next day, and we're going to actually walk you through the exact steps that we coach our coaching clients uh, to use. And I think, like I said, a lot of you guys are going to realize that you don't actually have to have – tens of millions of dollars to be rich. Matter of fact, some of you don't even have to have a million dollars to be rich, and we're going to explain to you why uh, tomorrow and the following day. If you need us for anything, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Any suggestions on shows, guests that you might want us to interview, anything like that whatsoever, please feel free to email us. Guys, your homework from today's podcast, as it is from every podcast, is to please share the word. Some of you guys call our podcast and our coaching company a movement. I kind of like that, a little bold, but I like it. So do please share what we're saying. Please share the podcast. Share the opportunity that is being a real estate agent in this market with as many other agents as you possibly can. Guys, you help us make the agents in your marketplace better. It will help to make your transactions smoother. So share the podcast with as many other agents as you can. Brokers, office managers, send this to your agents. Let them know that there's a surefire path than building financial wealth. When you do that, they're going to be more motivated. They're going to be more focused on helping folks, which will increase the, you know, the integrity of the business, will increase the profit of the business. Show them that there's an actual path for them to create some financial independence by uh, sharing the podcast this week with uh, all of your agents. If you guys need us for anything, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, 
Thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.